This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate your watching today. No doubt we have those watching today for the very first time. We're delighted to have you watching Getting to Know Your Bible. And some of you are watching not for your first time, but you, you tell me you watch every time that we're on the air. We appreciate that so very much. Now today, I have a very challenging uh, lesson for us today, and I've called it The Other Side of the Jericho Road. Maybe you've heard that song in years past about uh, on the Jericho Road, there's room for just two and so forth. Well, today, we're going to talk about the other side of the Jericho Road. I think you'll identify with someone in our lesson today. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. Let me emphasize, the course is free. And, and we want to make it available to each and every one of you that are watching right now. You say, well, Brother Lambert, now what does it really cost? It is free. It is absolutely free. We're not going to ask for money. You're not going to have to get out your credit card and give your number over the telephone. We don't ask for any of that. Anything that we offer on getting to know your Bible is free of charge. The Bible course, if you request a CD of one of the lessons that you watch and hear on this telecast, it's absolutely free. We want to make it available to each and every one of you. And in order that you might know more about this free Bible course, in order that you might know how to receive it, why don't we pause at this time? To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading now from the 10th chapter of Luke's Gospel, beginning in verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? He answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all of thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jer Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, 
when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and he gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more when I come again, I will repay thee. Now which of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. And then said Jesus unto him, Go thou and do likewise. Of course you recognize this as the story of the Good Samaritan. And this story leaves an indelible imprint on the conscience of man. In this particular reading, there was a certain lawyer who came and, and he was tempting Jesus. And he asked Jesus, now, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus asked him, inasmuch as you are to be a master of the law, what do you read in the law? What does the law say? And the man answered correctly by telling him to love God and with all of your heart and with all of your soul and all of your strength and all of your mind to love your neighbors you don't love yourself. And Jesus said, you've answered correctly. You have answered correctly. Do that and you're going to live. And so then the man was trying to justify himself. And isn't that what we so often do in life? We, we, we try to find some way to justify what we're doing. So he asked the question, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And that's when Jesus gave the parable of what we sometimes call the parable of the good Samaritan to impress upon him as, upon, as well as upon all who read it who our neighbor actually is. And he gave this parable about a man that was going from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And that was about, there's about 17 miles from Jerusalem down to Jericho. You descend about 2,400 feet below sea level. That is 2,400 feet from the level of Jerusalem, which is 2,300 feet above sea level, down to Jericho, which is about 1,100 feet below sea level. So there's a descent of about 2,400 feet. And the travelers in the story were the priest. And there was the Levite. And not only that, there, was the, there, there were the robbers who, who, who accosted this man beside the road as he was traveling on the Jericho Road. And there was the victim. And then another person in the story, of course, is the Samaritan. In this story, I might point out the philosophies of life that we find. One philosophy is what is yours is mine, and I'm going to take it away from you. Now, that was the philosophy of the robbers because they beat this man, left him half dead, and they stole from him. So that was their philosophy. What is yours is mine. 
and I'll take it from you. And then there was the philosophy of the priest and the Levite. What is mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it, and I'll not share it with you. That was their philosophy. And then there's the philosophy of the Samaritan. What is mine is yours, and I'll share it with you. I may have paused long enough to suggest to you that all of us live by one of those philosophies of life. We either live by the philosophy of the robbers where what belongs to you is mine, I'm going to take it from you, or, the, or we live with the philosophy of the priest and the Levite, what is mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. Or maybe you live by the philosophy of the Samaritan who said what belongs to me is yours. If you need it, I'll share it with you. The robber's thought was that might makes right. That was a rule practiced by Hitler and by many since his day. The robbers love money more than they love God, and that's been the downfall of so many people. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and 10, Paul said that the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not evil. It is the root of all evil. It is the love of it that is the root of all evil. And so these men, the, who the robbers, love money more than they love the man they beat and left for near dead. And they thought that the end, some way, would justify the means. Maybe the reason like this, we're hungry, we need something to eat, so we're going to take money from somebody else that we might eat. But the Bible says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands that which is good that may have to give to him that needeth. Rather than our stealing, rather than our taking that which belongs to another, the Bible teaches that it is honorable to work with your hands, that you might be able in turn to help those who cannot help themselves. Now the priest and the Levite live by this concept, every man for himself. You see, the priest and Levite represent in this story the religious class. I read a story that someone gave me just recently about a beggar who was at the door of the church building. And in this story, as the members were coming into the church building and they were walking up the steps and into the front door, here was this beggar laying at the door. And all of them glanced at him as, as they walked up the steps and went inside. He had a long beard. His clothing was dirty. It was tattered. And he was a spectacle to behold on the steps of this fashionable church building. But they walked on by. And after they were comfortably seated, and after the service was underway, as it was about time for the preacher to enter into the pulpit, the beggar walked down the aisle to the front. And they were just aghast that this man who was a beggar 
would dare enter into their building. And then much to their surprise, <laughs> he walked up into the pulpit. He stood behind the podium and he took off the jacket that he had on and then he took off a wig and a false beard. The beggar was their own preacher in disguise. You see, that drove home a point to them that they had neglected an opportunity to help someone. But when they saw the man by the side of the steps, they just walked on down the other side of the Jericho Road, just like the priest and Levite. You see, they live by the philosophy that every man is to look out for himself. The Bible teaches Christians, as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto those who are of the household of faith. That's in Galatians chapter 6 verse 10. And then James chapter 4 and verse 17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him it is sin. We are going to be held accountable on the day of judgment for all of the good that we could have done that we did not do. Let me think for a few minutes with you about the other side of the road. In this story, it tells about the, in verse 31, about the priest. He says, when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And then verse 32, the Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side, the other side of the Jericho Road. You see, the other side of the road was an inactive side. Now, the priest and the Levite were not accused of beating the man and leaving him half dead. The priest and the Levite were not accused of robbing the man. No, no, they would not dare do that. When they saw him there beside the road, bleeding and dying, they just passed by on the other side of the road. You see, they didn't want to get involved. Many years ago, I, I read the truest account of a woman in New York who was killed. It took her attacker about 30 minutes to kill her. As I recall, her first name was Kitty. And there were people in the buildings around that, that heard her cries for help. But they did not respond. And then after the authorities began to investigate and they asked the people around, did you see this happening? And yes. Did you hear a cry for help? Yes. Why didn't you do something? And their answer, for the most part, went something like this. I didn't want to be involved. 
You see, that seems to be the attitude of the priest and the Levite. They just didn't want to be involved. Theirs was a religion of negative goodness. If you were to ask them, now what do you do? They would have likely have told you what they didn't do. They, they would tell you, well, you know, I don't run around on my wife and I don't drink alcohol and, and I don't, I don't do, uh, uh, do thus and so. But what were they doing good to help their fellow man? You see, not only are we to have our lives cleansed by Jesus' blood, and, and not only are we to, to walk in the light that that might be a continual, daily, constant cleansing of our sins in that blood when we become Christians, according to 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. We're to fill our lives with good. We're to do good to all men, Galatians 6 and 10. We're, we're to be zealous of good works, Titus 2, 14. We're to be ready to every good work, Titus 3 and 1 and Titus 3 and 8. You see, we're to be filling our lives with good things and helping people. But the other side of the road in the life of the priest and Levite was the inactive side. But, but it was also an inexpensive side. You see, the side of the road that the priest and the Levite walked down didn't cost them anything. They just walked on by. But, but it cost the Samaritan to help the man who was beaten and, and left for dead. Do, do, you, do you recall it when I read it here? That he was left for dead and, 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 the, and here comes a man who's a Samaritan and he, and he picks this man up and, and he pours in oil and wine on his wounds. That's verse 34. Carries him to the inn and he tells the innkeeper, take care of him. And whatever else you spend on this man, when I come again, I'll pay for it. It cost him to walk down the side of the road where there was a human need. It cost the priest and the Levite absolutely nothing. Sometimes I refer to the priest and the Levite as the preacher and the assistant preacher. What did it cost for you to be a Christian? I'll tell you what it cost God. It cost God His Son, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It cost Jesus His life. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And according to Romans 8, 32, God spared not His own Son, but He gave Him for us all. And so it costs for us to be Christians, to even have the opportunity to be Christians. And we have to pay the price of being a Christian. We'll have to give up the sin in our life to be a Christian. That's involved in our repenting of our sins. We might have to give up a lifestyle that's out of harmony with the will of God. We, we may have to give up some habit. We may have to give up some uh, a companion, some friend, some association that we have. You see, there's a price that we have to pay to serve our Lord. That's why Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What does it cost for us to be a Christian? Well, what does it cost for us to, to, 
to serve the Lord faithfully today, there is a price that is involved. It costs, first of all, you. It costs you. 2 Corinthians 8 and 5, This they did not as we hoped, but first gave themselves unto the Lord. Have you ever given yourself to the Lord? As a believer in Jesus Christ, being willing to repent of your sins, and confess that you have that faith in Jesus and be baptized into Christ. Have you ever done that? You see, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And it cost a great deal for us to have the privilege of believing and being baptized for the remission of our sins. The Corinthians were people who became Christians. Many of them did at least. And in Acts 18 and 8, the Bible says, Many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. They did that because Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But there's a price involved when we begin to follow Jesus. You know, David said, I'll not offer unto the Lord that which doth cost me nothing. In 2 Samuel 24 and 24. It's going to cost some of my time to be a Christian. It's going to cost some of my money to be a Christian. Actually, all of it belongs to God, and I'm to return to Him money to help support the work of His kingdom. It's going to cost me a life of hardship in, in some instances for me to live the, the Christian life. Oh, the other side of the road, as far as the priest and the Levite was concerned, was an inexpensive side. But the other side of the road was an unmerciful side. There was an old man who was asked one day, are you a Christian? And his response was, in spots, in spots. If you do not have a merciful heart, you're just a Christian in spots. Mercy is outgoing goodwill for the physical and for the spiritual needs of man. What our world needs right now is mercy. You know, Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And we need to show outgoing goodwill for people in our world. Think about all of the hurt that is in our world today. Is there some human need that you've passed by on the other side of the road. But the other side of the road was the busy side. Oh, the priest and the Levite were, well, they were busy. They, they were just too busy to stop and to help that man. Do we ever get so busy that we bypass human needs? Jesus was never too busy to stop and help someone who was in need. But the other side of the road, so far as the priest and the Levite was concerned, was the, was the busy side. And the other side of the road was the cruel side. It is criminal to see someone in trouble and then close our eyes to their plight. What the priest and the Levite did was cruel. Uh, you know, some would help save the life of an animal. 
but, but they would turn a deaf ear to the cries of humanity. I, I see ads on television frequently about people who are concerned about the rights of animals or trying to help animals that have been abused and hurt. Well, I'm an animal lover. We have cats and a dog in our house. And so I'm all for, for animals' rights and helping animals and never being cruel to them. But some would, who would cry loud and long about helping animals and not being cruel to animals turn a deaf ear to the cries of humanity. The priest and the Levite walked down the other side of the road, which was a cruel side. But the other side of the road was a loveless side. Now, there was no love in the actions of the priest and the Levite. They were selfish, and they were without compassion, and they were without love. The, the Samaritan was call, is sometimes called the good Samaritan. He lived by this concept. Do good unto others. You see, he practiced the golden rule, Matthew 7 and 12. He, he, did, he did what was spectacular. But it was without fanfare or praise he just stopped and helped the man, but it was a spectacular act on his part. He did, did not do it for praise. He did it because there was a need. We, we should walk down the side of the road, travel by the Samaritan. Jesus said, go and do likewise. Love, mercy, compassion, pity, and otherwise goodwill to mankind is the need of the hour. In a world that is filled with war, in a world that is filled with so much hatred, don't you think it's time that we started walking down the side of the road, travel by the Samaritan? Go and do likewise. May I urge you to give your life to Jesus today. Obey the gospel. Be saved. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I'd also give you a personal invitation to visit the church of Christ in your community. And right now before we close, may I urge you to pick up the telephone and call the number that you have seen on the screen. It's a toll-free number. And call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. I want to thank you for watching. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles. <laughs>